I am delighted to be joined this morning by the superintendent of schools in the town of Wyndham, and that would be Dr. Tracy Youngberg. Tracy, welcome back. Thanks for joining me for today. And the big story of the day today is these early dismissals. You got them going on in, in Wyndham as well. Can you talk the folks through the process? How does that decision work? Is it somebody gets up at five and says, it's going to be hot? Let's let them get out early, or is that your call? Who makes the call? Sure. So, good morning, Mr. Norman. Thank you for having me back. I'm happy to be in person. Mr. Norman. All right. Wayne. Wayne. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Um, the early dismissal calls are the superintendent's um, decision, but it's made um, with some science behind it. Yesterday, we went through our classrooms that do not have access to air conditioning and we were measuring temperatures in the 80s um, and our buildings are old and they don't cool off um, even with the long nights so we anticipate with the continued heat and humidity levels that they'll be even warmer today and it's just it's not a place conducive to learning it's not safe so we did call the early dismissal last night and i know that you've got to take that seriously because it affects people's child care or student care abilities, and now they got to worry about what to do with their kid for the afternoon. So it's nothing you can just go, oh, yeah, let's just do that. you got to think about parents as well. I, I literally said that, that very thing in my message last night uh, to families, that we know it's disruptive, but we think it's a decision that's for the safety of the students and staff. So we had to make the early, dis the early dismissal decision. And I saw from the news, I'm not alone. There are many, many districts doing the same thing. So... Well, let's get this stuff out of here. It's a little bit warm for the month of September. Yes. Tracy, I saw that Wyndham Public Schools had an exciting convocation last week with a 70s dance party theme. Tell me about, tell me about that. Sure. So we, we absolutely had a blast. Um, I had a dream of doing some kind of 70s dance party, and my staff, um, Mr. Robinson Camacho in particular, actually built me a DJ station, so I was able to play 70 snippets of 70 music so the audience could get up and dance. It was a lot of fun. Um, the reason we chose the 70s is because the state's report card, our accountability index, if it gets into the 70s, we will be off of state oversight list, which is our goal as a district. Um, so we sort of brought to life this idea of 70s. We actually encouraged our staff members to come in costume. I was very pleased to see how many actually took us up on that offer. Um, we had a great showing from Board of Education members, from town officials, even state officials, um, and had a really good time with a costume party and a dance party and a message of just continued uh, connections to our community, um, being more authentic, and basically the theme for this year for Wyndham Public Schools is living our story. So, so did you dig your bell bottoms out for that? You event? know what's funny is I didn't actually put on the costume and I told the audience a story about this. I had put my costume on at home and I was feeling really self-conscious about it and showed it to my teenage daughter and got got a, uh, a reaction from her that made me think that I probably shouldn't wear this for convocation. So I didn't, but I hung it up. It was there for them to see. It was like a giant disco ball um, costume. And I think it's significant, too, that you celebrated 1973, which just had its 50th reunion. We had John Catalano in the studio here talking about some of the memories of 1973. So that kind of tied into the 70s. It absolutely tied into the 70s, and that's part of what I told the audience, because that class of 1973 asked us to give them a tour of the newly or in the process of being renovated high school. Uh, so I took the tour along with the superintendent of the construction project with them on a Sunday morning, the same weekend of their reunion. And it was amazing to listen to them tell us they remembered where their classrooms were located 50 years ago, where they met up with their sweetheart, where they played a prank on a friend. It was really kind of nice walking the hallways with them. So that did tie into this 1970s theme.
Now, let me guess. One of the songs they played the snippet of was Tie a Yellow Ribbon Around the Old Oak Tree. We did not choose that one. That no. was the number one song of 1973 wow, the entire year. I did not See, know that. You should have checked with me on the I playlist should, for I that. Right. I, I know a thing or two about 1973, Tracy, because I was here playing those songs when they were current. That's amazing. I had no idea. Wow. Good for you. So what new initiatives in the district is it focused on during this upcoming school year? So we actually don't have any new initiatives. Um, we made a lot of progress last year. What we have is a focus on getting better at the things we're already doing. Um, we had so many success stories in 22-23 in that we're just going to improve upon those things. So just to give you some examples, we have new curriculum, we have new professional development op opportunities, we have a new district parent advisory group, um, we have new gains in a student achievement, we have reduced chronic absenteeism, we've done so many things, so now our goal is to do it even better. Um, we basically have all the basics in place now. We just need to improve upon our practice. Um, so our goal is really about living our story, being more authentic to who we are as a district, who we serve as a community, um, and really, you know, bringing it to the level I know. I told the audience at convocation, and I continue to tell them, we're better than they believe they are, and I need them to believe they are. Um, because I know we can get that accountability index to where it needs to be. We do not need to be, to be on state oversight lists. Um, we have everything we need to succeed. And I heard you say that you've managed to reduce absenteeism. That sounds like a challenge in its own right. How do you think that you were able to do that? So we did. We made a pretty significant um, increase in student attendance. We got kids to school more often. Uh, we're still not nearly back to pre-pandemic rates and that's our goal is to really get back to where we were before the pandemic hit us um, we have an attendance committee or an attendance team in every one of our schools and we have district oversight of that um, that involves teachers and social workers and principals and paraprofessionals anyone in the school that can help us we are connected to families we make phone calls we track data um, we try to make home visits to figure out what's going on. We try to encourage families to understand the, the importance of their kids being in school as often as they can. We obviously don't want kids to come to school when they're ill. Um, but the state really does watch how often kids come. And we know that if we have all these initiatives in teaching and learning, if the kids are not in their seats in the classroom, then our goals in teaching and learning can't be met. So being in school is like the number one piece of us actually succeeding as a district. So we made great strides. Every one of our schools uh, decrease their chronic absenteeism rate, but we still have a long way to go. So it's still a major focus for 23-24. Do you feel you got good support from the parents on that initiative? We we absolutely have support of our parents. Um, you know, sometimes the circumstances are outside of their control, um, and sometimes they really do respond to the home visits, respond to the connections they have um, with all the staff members I mentioned and our family liaisons or another staff member uh, group that helps us. They do respond. They, you know, every family, every parent wants what's best for their kids. Sometimes they don't necessarily uh, realize the impact of kids being out as often as they are. So we try to make that clear to them and show them that we're here to support them um, when we need the kids in the seats. You touched on the pandemic word there a moment ago. And Obviously, there's uh, some spikes going on right now when it comes to COVID, both locally and nationwide as well. How concerned are you that it could be an issue again this school year? So I'm not overly concerned. I think with the vaccines that are out there and what we know about um, the virus, I think we have what we need to keep, 
you know, things under control. We still do ask uh, families who test positive, students who test positive to, to um, do the five-day quarantine, uh, which again impacts your attendance rates, if you can imagine. But I'm not concerned. I feel like we're connected to our Department of Public Health. We have our nursing staff involved. Everyone sort of is, is uh, you know, understands how to manage this now moving forward. So I, I'm not concerned. Speak in general terms about the curriculum, how you set the curriculum, and just in general, the work you've been doing at various schools, including adjustments at Wyndham High. Sure. So curriculum is driven by state standards. So everything that we decide we're going to teach in Wyndham has to be aligned to the grade level or course you know, at the high school's courses um, to those standards that have been established by the state. We have a little bit of flexibility as to what we choose, but we have to meet the state standards because that's what our students are being assessed on, whatever the state decides is the right thing to teach. So we have established, a, uh, we have sort of an ongoing flexible kind of curriculum committee um, that's made up of, you know, can be made up of coaches, of teachers, of um, principals or administrators of some kind, department leads. Um, and we go through when we're making decisions about curricular resources and how we're going to make adjustments. Like, for example, we have a K-8 to math curriculum that's relatively new. Um, so we've been doing work around making sure that that math curriculum is accessible to our teachers, is, you know, accessible digitally. They can get everything they need from our digital database. Um, we're doing the same thing on our literacy side. We have one of, we're one of a few school districts in the state that had an approved reading curriculum uh, K to 8 now it's being implemented that's the American Reading Company and we are now regularly each year making adjustments to that curriculum to make sure that um, it's as teacher friendly as possible and that our teachers know exactly what it is where they're supposed to be teaching in our classrooms uh, so that our students get what they need and they meet those state standards in terms of the high school they are newly accredited they're off of all warning lists on NEASC accreditation so we're very proud of that that was a big accomplishment last year um, and they're in the process of making sure all their curriculum is in a similar format um, as, you know that NEASC requires you to have a similar format um, so they're working on that and um, it's just basically an ongoing process to make sure that we're connected to what the state wants us to teach you're talking about math, and I'm going to ask this question somewhat tongue-in-cheek here. But are students today learning math the way you and I learned math back in the days when we were in school? And I will just set that up by, by telling, saying that I was with a 10-year-old a couple of weeks ago. Guy's a, a, a whiz at math. I was really proud of how, how well he was doing. But how he arrived at the solutions to the math problems it took me a while to figure it out. They're not learning the way we learned, are they? They're absolutely not learning the way we learned. So when we went to school, and I, I'm not exactly sure how old you are, but I know for me... I'm, I'm the same age as you, Tracy. Okay, all right. So maybe, I, maybe just a little older. So I know for me... I remember me, tie yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when we went to school, they really were focused on the right answer. You were taught a salute, You were taught a process to get to a right answer. Now they're teaching kids to come up with an... A, developing their number sense to actually understanding whether or not that answer is correct it's a totally different way to look at things so not they don't they aren't taught one way to get there they're taught multiple ways to get to that idea that they understand numbers at a deeper level eventually teaching like that will get kids to understand math at a much higher level than i would have been able to understand 
the way we were taught. So it's not the same. And you're right. If you watch the kids go through all the strategies they or, or the way they do different things to get there, to get to that answer, you're, you're saying to yourself, why are they wasting so much time? They could just do X, Y, and Z and they would be there. But the reality is they're really trying to develop a number sense in the kids. It's a more sustainable approach to them understanding math. The good news is that I explained to him how I would have done it, and he was pretty good at math, so he figured out what I was talking about. But by the same token, as I'm doing that, I'm starting to wonder, am I going to confuse him if he tries to do it my way? And then the teachers see that, and they're going to know that's not how we want it done, so I don't want to mess up him. But nonetheless, it's, uh, it's, it's different for those who don't know. Does that make a challenge for the parents? Because maybe now the parents can't help them at home. It is it is a challenge. But if, if it's being taught the right way, then they're being taught multiple strategies to solve a problem. So yours would be one more strategy. The way you solved it is just one more way to get to that answer. But again, it's about number sense development and not just the right answer. What's the district parent advisory group? What role do they play in the educational process? So the district parent advisory group is a new group we started last year. Um, it's a group of very dedicated uh, parents who have volunteered their time to sit with me once a month and sort of help me understand from a parental perspective how different things are happening in the district and what we might do as a district to improve our connections with families and improve the things that are happening for our students. We had uh, a number of um, very uh, open and honest um, people that joined my group. What we're looking for this year is we want more Spanish-speaking families on the panel. We had a few, but we want more. We also want to make sure that at every meeting we have, and we're still in the process of setting up those dates for 23-24, we want at every meeting to have a representative from every one of our schools at the table so that when we're speaking about district initiatives, we hear from everyone. So that's our goal for this year. But I'm very happy we started the process. Um, they That group actually helped us to plan the Parent Community University that's coming up in October. So we're proud of that. It's, uh, we used to have PCU and it went away with the pandemic and we're bringing it back uh, in October. I believe it's October 21st. That's the Saturday. I'm pretty sure that's the date. Um, but they helped us plan the sessions that we're providing. So it's, it's an exciting time for the parent, the district parent advisory group, and I'm looking forward to improving on that. Heard a lot year. about teacher shortages statewide, nationwide. How has the Wyndham Public Schools been impacted? There is definitely a shortage. Um, certain areas, it's really evident. Uh, math teachers, special education teachers, bilingual teachers, major shortage. Wyndham is actually in decent shape. Knock wood. We started the school year in decent shape. We still have some vacancies. So if you're anyone out there is listening, is looking for a job, uh, certified, non-certified, you can go to our website. You can go to Indeed. Um, you can go to uh, CT Reap. Um, all, all of these websites have our vacancies posted. We're doing a much better job of, of offering competitive salaries. It's a nice place to work, so anyone out there listening, please apply to Wyndham Public Schools. Um, our district had did a lot of work and has done a lot of work in trying to fill positions um, due to the shortage area and just due to the nature of the things we offer in Wyndham, like our dual language program. Um, something we're really proud of requires us to have more bilingual teachers than maybe another district might. So we've done um, an initiative through our equity and multilingual department that has brought in visiting teachers from places like Spain and Colombia and Chile. So we're proud of that. I also have a very exuberant group of principals um, and my HR staff. Everyone's willing to recruit to hire, to onboard, um, so they're working overtime to make sure we fill as many vacancies as possible. Are there particular grade levels that you have a bigger shortage in than others, or is it across the board? Uh, 
we really don't have a lot of shortages right now. We have a few long-term subs in positions that we'd prefer to have a, a full-time person in that role. Um, but we started off the school year in really good shape. So as I said, knock, knock wood, um, everything, you know, everyone stays with us because uh, we're off to a great start. And you mentioned subs. Is it a situation similar when it comes to subs that you could use more subs as well? So we always can use substitutes and we use Kelly services and we also have started hiring over the last few years some building substitutes. So that's always uh, something that we can use. Um, Long-term subs are a little different. Those are people that might be working towards certification um, or, or, um, are filling a short term gap for us. Um, so they stay in the same classroom for a certain number of days. So it, it varies. And along the same line, how you doing on school bus drivers and how'd you do with school bus routes on the first day of school last week? So the beginning of the school year, the, the morning pickups went really well. We had a few glitches in the afternoon, which is always the case the first week or so of school. We haven't had heard any issues with drivers. Um, we're always working on improving the times we get kids to school and we get them home. But so far, we haven't had any major transportation issues. So we're proud of that, happy about that. What's the role that sports play in the educational process at Wyndham High School and actually the other schools as well? Sure. So sports uh, at Wyndham High School in particular, um, we have a long-standing uh, history of being um, of ac- uh, athletic prowess, right? We have a lot of things to be incredibly proud of in terms of our athletics department. This past year, um, we had eight student athletes who earned all state honors. We had 33 who earned first team all conference honors. Uh, we had uh, Coach Pat R- Risley was inducted into the, co- the Connecticut Coaches Hall of Fame. Um, we had co- Coach Pros was named the Coach of the Year as our football uh, coach. And by the way, the first football. First, I should start off by saying the first girls' home soccer team, soccer game is being played on our new turf field on Thursday, so tomorrow, tomorrow night. Um, and the first home football game is being played on Friday evening. Um, and that at that game, we are rededicating the football field, Ferrigno football field, and the Haddad track to the Ferrigno and Haddad families. So you're welcome to join us, Mr. Norman, Wayne. It's it's a beautiful facility up there. Which Take a little side note. You had a bit of a delay on the baseball softball thing. How does that, How did that work out? So they've moved the sports around uh, so that the students are still able to play, just not on our home field. We hope to have the home field back maybe next season, probably the season after that. It takes time to grow the, t- to grow the grass, um, but they are working behind my office. Is actually, I get to watch it every day. Um, lots of dirt being moved around and things being done over there, so they are going to have brand new athletic fields as well, softball, baseball, tennis, so we're excited about that as well. Yeah, I've seen the whole football track field, and it's spectacular out there, which I guess is a good way to lead us into what's going on with the high school renovation project, the Renovate is New project. Yes, um, um, so we're closing in on that final year. I think we have, I think it's 15 months at this point. Um, incredible transformation, both inside and outside of the building. Um, there are new classrooms that have been turned over to the high school, fully renovated. The auditorium's done. The cafeteria's done. Um, the cafeteria's kitchen is not finished. We've actually have to thank, um, and I did formally thank, Eastern Connecticut State University because they have let us do um, uh, an arrangement where we cook the meals at Eastern and then travel them over to the high school. Uh, so I have to just shout out to my food service director for coming up with that idea. But um, when you walk through the high school and then the main entrance is done, the main office is done, um, and 
you can ask the class of 1973 because they were amazed on, at their tour. It's a different place. So um, it looks absolutely incredible. And I'm supposed to be arranging a tour for our Board of Education. Um, and I know other people have asked for tours because it really is a transformation. You have to see it to believe it. It's beautiful. Now, now the question is, when does Wayne Norman get a renovate his new project? Because I started here at WILI the week before Wyndham High School opened in 1970. Wow, that so, is... So I'm next on the agenda. You should be That's on the agenda. Because the class of 1973 that we toured through the building was telling me that they were the first sophomore class in that new building at the time. They did their freshman year at Kramer and then moved into the high school for their sophomore year. And it was a new building then. So now fast forward 50 years. I think it's time, Wayne. You, you need to ask. <laughs> you have to ask this question because of what society is like these days. But... What do you have as far as security in place to give parents the comfort that their students, their children are safe at all Wyndham schools? But we're talking Wyndham High School in particular. And I'm wondering if the Renovate's new project has actually increased mean better security than it had before. Absolutely. So all the schools, the new schools that are being built, are built with a vestibule in the in the beginning, in the entryway. So no one enters right into the school. You enter into another secure location before you're allowed into the school. So the high school is true. Same with Barrow STEM Academy. Uh, that's one of the first safety features they put in these new buildings. That you don't. You, there's two ways to get in. So we have two opportunities to stop you if we don't want you in. Um, I can let all the families know that we have put in new security cameras, uh, new PA systems in all of our buildings, and we're in the process of upgrading um, the security checks at each of our schools. Um, so it's sort of ongoing to make sure that when someone comes in, we verify who they are before we allow them to walk through the hallways of our schools. Um, our schools are as safe as any other public schools. I mean, everyone knows public schools, you know, are in the news often. It's, it can be a scary place. But Wyndham is in, is in as good a shape as any other public school in terms of keeping kids safe. Um, it's something that I is really important to me. It's important to any parent, right, to know that the children inside are as safe as they can be. So we're, we're in decent shape. I can, um, from a security and safety standpoint, I think we're in decent shape. Um, we've done a lot with upgrades uh, to increase our ability to use, uh, in, you know, uh, technology. Um, we're working to sort of move, to shift us from, uh, you know, for a long time we were really far behind what we offered compared to other places, and I think we're much closer to being uh, like everyone else, so to speak. And we can go beyond security here and just talk other schools. We focused on the high school renovators new project, but just in general, what other stories do you have to tell about the status of the other schools, the facilities they're in? Obviously, the, the Barrow STEM Academy is so new. Uh, Wyndham Middle School is relatively new, but just talk about the other facilities you have and where they stand as far as uh, any kind of renovations that might be necessary. So one of the things that's um, a hot topic is the elementary consolidation. Uh, back in May, the Board of Education voted to move forward on building one large elementary school for our K-4 students in the district. Uh, right now, we're in the process of finishing the educational specifications, or ed specs, as they're called. Um, those will be presented probably in the next week or so to the School Planning and Design Committee. Um, and from there, they'll go on to the Board of Ed for a full vote. Um, once that's done, then we get we make sure other town uh, groups know what it is that the board's voted on, town council, board of finance, those kinds of things. Uh, and then we need to get that project on a town referendum and let the 
the residents decide if they would like to build a new elementary school. From my perspective, it would be amazing to have all of our K-4 elementary students in one location in one new location that was code compliant that had all the security measures that these new buildings have um, that had that 21st century um, you know design to meet the needs of what our students are being asked to do um, and will be asked to do in the future so to me it's very exciting to be involved in those discussions because our kids deserve it um, and that would mean if all of that works and the town is on board for this elementary project which I hope they are um, that would mean that our, all of our kids um, go to one location. Uh, there's no question about who's, you know, is one school better than another because they're all in the same school. All of our programs can be there. And I think with this consolidation, we'll be able to offer our students more than we are without spending more than we are, which is an exciting thing to think about, um, to improve their, their opportunity and access without having to, you know, spend a lot more money to do it. I think it's a smart strategic way of, of managing um, funds and offering students what they may not currently have. So here today and maybe, maybe for the rest of the week, early dismissal in the Wyndham school system, how many classrooms actually have air conditioning? Is there any plan down the road to put more air conditioning in? Or is it something you just deem as it happens like for a couple of days a year, we don't need it. It's not like wintertime when you need heat for three, four, five months in a row. I think in terms of global warming, we all have to be acknowledge the fact that it's hotter than it's ever been and may continue to get hotter. So I think climate control buildings make sense. Um, human beings need to be at a certain temperature, so to speak, to learn. So I think that climate control is something we should be thinking about. Right now, C.H. Barrow STEM Academy is a school that has is fully air conditioned. Our alternative high school, the core AWP program, is uh, a building that we rent that is air conditioned. Our high school now, because it's in the midst of the renovation project, is for the most part air conditioned. There's still sections where it's not yet turned on or not yet completed, but that will also be climate controlled. Our middle school has sections of the building that are climate controlled, but the most of the classrooms are not. We did um, keep some of the uh, portable AC units for the first couple weeks of school. We use them in the summertime to cool the spaces because uh, we run, we ran for the third year uh, an expanded summer program. Um, and so we rent portable air conditions, all paid for by the ESSER funds. Um, so we kept them for a couple weeks knowing that it might be warm. Um, so we have some classrooms at the middle school that are air conditioned. And obviously when it gets too hot, we move kids around to keep them cool. Move them into the auditorium, for example, where there might be air conditioned, move them into mm -hmm. different locations. But you can't do that all day long. You can't continually move bodies. And there's not enough space that's air conditioned. So right now we have... Barrows is air-conditioned, the alternative high school, and, and parts of Wyndham High School. And eventually, Wyndham High School will be fully air-conditioned. So if we get this elementary consolidation project, that building will also be fully climate-controlled. And then the last building we would have to worry about is our middle school, which, again, has some parts air-conditioned and some parts not. So we'd have to look into that. It is, it's good. That's going to be a costly project, but I do think it's something the district needs to consider for sure. Here's a question that I would not have been able to ask four plus years ago, but since the pandemic and virtual learning and kids using computers at home and so forth, when they get a half day like today and perhaps later on this week, 
Can they still do virtual learning at home? Is that now a a process that's in place for days like this? We actually will not be doing virtual (coughs) learning. Um, We're not doing virtual learning, and that's sort of a state directive after the pandemic. We want kids back in person. They have access. Well, right, but they can't get them in person this afternoon because it's too hot. Correct. So an early (laughs) dismissal day for us actually counts as a full day of school. I know it's not a full day of school. Our kids know it's not a full day of school. Every kid loves early dismissal. Um, but it does By count. By the way, you say that. I know more than one kid who was excited to go back to school. Yes. Now they're, they're excited to get out of school? Well, they're excited to go home early. I think there's an excitement about it. You ask any kid. They're going to go home before they're going to be at school. But I, our kids are very excited to be at school. Uh, don't get me wrong. That's absolutely true. Um, but we will not be doing virtual learning. Um, it's not something they have to do on an early dismissal day because it does count as a full day, even though it isn't. Um, and... The only time we can use virtual learning now is under very um, specific circumstances, and we have to get approval from the state. You gave me a great list here of school-based celebrations, and you know what? I just want you to read it and let people know what some of these positive things that are going on in the various schools in the Wyndham School System that you're so proud of. Okay, so we'll start off with the high school. So the class of 2023 was actually accepted to 55 different college colleges or universities, or they were accepted to trades, uh, trade schools, apprenticeships, or they went right into the workforce at places like Electric Boat or Hartford Healthcare. So some high paying, good jobs, or some places, you know, acceptances to schools. So we're really proud about that. The high school, as I mentioned earlier, is fully accredited under the New England Association of of Schools and Colleges, NEASC. Um, The high school recently completed its uh, successful completion of the commissioner's network school improvement process. We're so excited about that. You know, we brought back our music program. We have a marching band now. The district. Yeah, um, you wanted to hit me up on that, didn't you? I did. I wanted to know if we could perform. You know, if the mic- on, on the Fourth of July. On the Fourth of July, <laughs> yeah. when when the whole parade was built on the idea that there wasn't a band. Now we have realized one. that would be counterproductive to the concept of the parade when the radio is playing the marching band music. But we, I can come up with a compromise I, on that. We did it back in the days. Uh, four or five years ago when the Shabu All-Stars were on a float. We put them at the end of the parade. Okay. So at that point, the parade is just about over. and People are waiting anyway to see what the Willie Brew float's going to be. So all I'm saying is that you can't put them in the middle of the parade. I don't think that would work. But you put them at the end, they'd be in it, and they would play. And I think that would be a great full circle from how this parade began in the first place. I love it. And maybe we need to have them play some song from the time period that this whole parade started. We could think about this more. I love that you're thinking about us, though. I well, appreciate Well, and a little known fact, and people have paid attention to the soundtrack this year and prior years, that about 2014, I think maybe about the time you got a music program back, but... Uh, one of the songs you always hear at Wyndham High Games is Carry On Wayward Son. Mm -hmm. People hear that among others, but that was one. Now, that song played by the Wyndham High Band is in the soundtrack every year of the Boombox Parade. So the band has been there. Yes. But you mean live in person. Live in person. Bring it on. Absolutely. All right, we'll talk more about that. Back to the school-based things that we're talking about. Um, Our... We're looking at our alternative high school eventually growing and becoming tuition generating. It's something that's really important to us. So we're excited to get that school um, treated like all the other schools. So they need a new school logo. They need a new school name. We're going to be working with the board on that. I'm really excited about that. Our Barrow STEM Academy was named an International Technology and Engineering Educators Association, or ITEEA, Excellence in STEM uh, school, so we're really excited about that. They also had an undefeated girls' basketball season. Amazing, amazing work there. 
Um, and that's good news for the future for Wyndham High Girls that's basketball. That's right, absolutely. Like a feeder program. Yes. Wyndham Middle School, um, shout out to Wyndham Middle School because they uh, were, were a school that improved their performance index on that state accountability uh, in ELA math and phys ed, their physical fitness scores. Um, really excited. They were the only school in the district that actually met all four of our internal targets that we set. So really, really happy about their progress. They had students participate in UConn's Math Counts program. We're hoping that that continues and more are involved. Um, they did a great job of increasing their after-school offerings uh, and student and staff recognitions. They even um, had an FBI agent come in and they collaborated with Wyndham High School's forensic class um, to do some science work. So really excited about Wyndham Middle School. North Wyndham School met all their internal growth targets for math. They also had their highest pass rate on their physical fitness scores. Um, and they host an annual Hispanic Heritage Night uh, and talent and art show and saw great attendance, um, really, you know, strong parent participation there. Uh, Natchog School is really proud of their staff retention. They're, you know, the staff wants to be there. It's a really a community um, focused on students. They did a great job on their physical fitness scores, and they did a great job focusing on uh, developing and increasing their community partnerships and their parental engagement. They had a beautiful mural done. Um, on their blacktop. Uh, uh, they basically extended the United States of America to other countries and had some kids really appreciate that greatly. So that was really exciting. Sweeney School, Sweeney Elementary School, uh, met their internal targets for English language arts and math. Uh, they had their highest physical fitness uh, pass rate since 2018, and they put on their first musical. So their kids put on a musical that... Um, one of our teachers wrote so really excited about Sweeney School. Wyndham Center School continues to do their annual talent show and their family holiday celebration really well attended by, by parents. Um, they also had an increase in their physical fitness scores uh, and they put on some weekly assemblies that showcase their students so they're really excited about what's happening at Wyndham Center School and Wyndham Early Childhood Center, our pre-K program, did a great job of connecting some of the curricular work we're doing in kindergarten and above back down to our four-year-olds uh, and they also got back to having uh, family events and school-wide picnic um, to bring to bring families in so all of our schools are working really hard at focusing on student achievement so that's growth and proficiency and on connecting the work of that our students are doing to families so in bringing in the families and having the families really be a part of the learning journey mansfield just consolidated three elementary schools into one new elementary school where do you see that or where's that going in windham will windham be consolidating elementary schools also so, so what i was mentioning earlier about the elementary consolidation is just that so right right now we have the four elementary schools and the board passed um you know voted on building one so now we're in the process of trying to see if the town is going to say yes to that construction project and i hope they do because like Mansfield, we'd have a brand new facility for all of our K-4 students. And let me wrap things up with a little story to make the taxpayers thrilled. That when I printed the notes that Tracy gave me, I just, you know, hit print. And it, it's all printed on one side of the paper. The other side is blank. Tracy's got the same notes that she read from. She's using two-sided. She's using both sides. It's saving the taxpayers big bucks, right? <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I think the taxpayers should be happy. We have a list of amazing things that are happening in the Wyndham Public Schools. Tracy, this was great. Good for the update. Always good to have you, especially in the first week of school. Thanks for coming in this morning. Thank you so much, Wayne. Really appreciate it.